think Bert Blylevin had the nastiest curveball I've ever seen. So we're throwing a curveball at you today because it's not 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Guy Adami, Dan Nathan, in just a few minutes and just a few minutes. Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. This is Market Call, the eve of Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's well. Today's episode is brought to you by FactSet, financial data and analytics that are powered by tomorrow. I'm powered by a great New York Ranger win last night in Los Angeles, down two zip early, playing like shit, got on their horse, Chris Kreider doing it yet again. How are you, Dan? Um, I'm I'm doing great, guy. I mean, this is the Thanksgiving Eve. Um, you know, we are thankful for many things. Our partnership of of one, our team at Risk Reversal Media, also, and of course, our viewers mm-hmm. of Market Call here, our fine sponsors like FactSet here. So um, we got all that going for us. But we're going to be short and sweet today. We're going to hit a bunch of macro stuff with Carter when he comes on in a few minutes, but you and I want to hit what we think are some of the most important things moving in the markets today. Again, this is, you know, probably a low volume couple day rally here. Maybe we continue into the half day um, Friday afternoon. You and I have traded these environments for many, many years. We don't place too much emphasis, right, on moves that we see on weeks like this. But today, guy, you know, dear, okay, the stock made a new intraday all time mm-hmm. high after better than expected results here. But let's look at the XLI, the ETF that tracks the industrial sector. Um, Amanda threw up the holdings of the XLI on this chart. A couple really simple lines that downtrend that's been in place for a year. We just broke above it in a meaningful way of the XLI. We also see that 200 day moving average. There aren't too many sectors in the market in the S&P they're above its 200 day moving average thoughts on industrials here really when you look at this technical setup it looks pretty good i'm yet carter would say maybe this thing has a great shot of making a move back towards its prior all-time highs just like deer did but thoughts on what this sector is saying about the economy and maybe the markets yeah you want to make it you want to draw a comparison to the economy and i would understand why you do that but if you look at the holdings i mean honeywell great company they have an aerospace defense component look at northrop grumman boeing to a certain extent aerospace defense lockheed martin Raytheon Technologies. I mean, five of these names, five of these top holdings all have an aerospace defense component. Those stocks have been on fire. So as much as you want to draw the comparison that maybe the industrial sector is picking itself off the mat, the reality is it's being picked off the mat by one sector specifically. It doesn't mean that's a bad thing necessarily. Maybe these will play catch up. But in point of this chart, downtrend's been broken. The 200-day moving average is now flattening out. That's a good sign. So maybe we can test the levels that we saw, I want to say, at the beginning of this year. I mean, again, I don't want to make some jump that it's, it means our economy is all of a sudden going gangbusters, yeah. but it is important without question. All right. So here's another one. I think this is kind of one that a lot of investors are keeping a close eye on. Um, you know, when crude oil was trading, you know, above, I don't know, 120 back in the summer, you know, there mm-hmm. was lots of fears about what that meant for global growth here. Well, you know, we're down here back below 80. It's been a volatile last week in crude oil here. And, you know, again, yesterday's, uh, or I guess it was two days ago, the price action, that big reversal um, on Monday, it was making new 2022 lows, um, got rejected at that downtrend. Maybe that's not a great line. Carter would tell us um, one way or another here. Um, but again, it, it, it really is getting very volatile, very near the 2022 lows here. And, and I'm just curious, you're thoughts about like as an investor as a strategist as a pundit are we 
placing too much emphasis on what crude oil is doing from day to day. No, I don't think we place too much emphasis on it at all, because I do think to a large extent that's a barometer of what's going on, not only here, but obviously in the global economy. And I think to a certain extent, the volatility you're seeing has a lot to do with you know China continuing to do zero COVID policies, pretty draconian what's going on there. And I think every time you think China's going to sort of ease up on the throttle, they put down the throttle once again, or they put the brakes on, I should say. So I think that's part of it. And things are slowing down here. So I don't think you can underestimate it. What I do find interesting, and you've made this point for a number of times, I mean, you thought the commodity was going to crater spot on. But the fact that the underlying equities continue to hold in is pretty interesting. And something we've said for a while on Market Call, we've said it on, on the tape, we've said it on Fast Money, crude oil can go sideways even slightly lower. And so many of these stocks are positioned to do well because they're just better run um, better margins, better balance sheets, better everything companies than they were five years ago. So yeah. here we are. The problem, of course, is this OIH got up to levels we saw back in the spring. If we can't get through 320 in a meaningful way, and I think right as we speak, we're either side of 300, that double top that you're drawing is going to hold up. And your your thesis that it's going to give up the ghost both in the OIH and the LXE is going to be spot on. Yeah, well, the next stop to the downside is going to be, you know, again, that huge intraday reversal that we saw, you know, on Monday here. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty epic, right? And so if we get back towards those lows, then you see that rising 200-day moving average right at that um, that $260 level. That was a level um, from late August that I think was kind of important on the breakout level when it did, though, in October. I mean, again, you know, I, I just kind of think pretty soon investors are going to start discounting when the, the earnings contribution of this sector, which has been huge in 2022. In fact, that has been telling us that all year long, we've kind of quoted it here on Market Call, without the energy sector, we would have had negative earnings in the S&P 500 year over year. Well, that's going to go the opposite way at some point in Q2. Our main man, John Butters, who writes the Earnings Insight blog, has been printing that of late. So to me, I think you fade this thing. And to your point, 320, you know, if you can't get through there, I think you sell it, you sell it again. The way I've been playing this is the XLE. I detailed this trade idea on market call a couple of weeks ago when it was trading 93. I was looking at the December 30th, the end of the year expiration, 90.75 put spread. And again, this thing is actually holding up a bit better guy than the oil services, but that's my trade. I want to play it back to that 200 day moving average. All right, moving along here. Big mover today. This is Tesla. It seems like there's a couple analysts out there um, who think enough is enough. Morgan Stanley, also City here. The stock's up 6%. It's been down dramatically. I think at its lows yesterday, it was down 25% in a month. That has been since Elon Musk, a CEO of this company, also closed on his deal for Twitter here. Look at this thing, man. It got obviously a bit oversold here. Is that breakdown level near 200? Is that going to be just a spot on the chart that's going to be really important as we head into year end? Yeah, I mean, people will say round numbers are important. In this case, they happen to be in the form of basically a little north of 200. But yeah, and I'm hard pressed to believe we're going to get there in a meaningful way because I do think the broader market is exhausting itself. And in Tesla specifically, we continue to make lower lows and lower highs. And the pattern is what it is. I mean, analysts can come out and play stock market all they want and say this is the level. And I think to a certain extent, that's what they're seeing. They're trying to be opportunistic with this sell-off. But I think that 150 level that you flagged a number of times, sort of the lower end of that support, 150 to 175 makes sense. So look, there is a place to own Tesla. 
And if maybe if you want to buy it for a trade, hoping we'll get back to 200 and play for that sort of six, 7% move, yeah. as you would say, have at it. I just think there's another leg lower in this thing. And I'm not a yeah. Tesla hater. I don't really care one way or another. We get a lot of that. It's amazing how passionate people are about certain names, Tesla being one of them, Apple being another. Yeah. And, and I guess the importance, why do we reference this so much? Well, A, it is the fifth largest stock in the S&P 500 by market cap. And it is just astounding valuation relative to its auto peers. So for me, one of the reasons why this stock is so important from a sentiment standpoint, because, you know, as we've talked about all of these pockets of exuberance in the markets, whether it be crypto, whether it be SPACs, whether it be unprofitable tech, they've all cratered. Now, this one at its lows was down about 60%. And some people on the Twitter will tell you, well, every year the stock sells off about 50% or so. What's different this time is basically where we are in the markets, where interest rates are, mm -hmm. and how levered the CEO of this company, Tesla, is to buy Twitter. And he's really, I think Tesla shareholders are basically financing this gambit with Twitter. And if this thing were to come unwound, I think it's an important part of the market. Another one, really quickly, from a sentiment standpoint, that I think is really interesting. Not a big market cap anymore, but at one point, it was a big story. And this is Coinbase. And when you think about all the stuff that's happened in crypto and the sort of contagion that we're seeing with some funds and with some exchanges, this one's clearly on people's radar. Look at that line I drew, Guy. You know, this week, a matched low from those lows back in the summer here. And again, 18.5% short interest. There's still concerns about you know whether this thing is, is going to be exposed the way some of these other exchanges. I'd say this is that you know be careful right here. I know people who are pressing this thing right here because they think it's you know gonna be um, you know go the same fate as maybe you know some of these other exchanges that have gone under. But if one of these big investors were to kind of put a bunch of capital mm -hmm. in there, they do have about five billion dollars in cash, you're gonna have an epic short squeeze. This one doesn't look like a great do or a great press on the short side. No, I agree with that. I mean, this seems to be forming a bit of a bottom here. Here again, you go back, I want to say to May, and you know, we've been sort of trading sideways. You had that one blip higher, but effectively sideways ever since. So you get any incremental good news, and this is probably an 18 to 25% rally. And that's again, not to suggest that things are better at Coinbase. I mean, this yeah. is trying to trade a stock and trying to be opportunistic. This reminds me, by the way, of that trade we talked about in Alibaba a couple of weeks ago, where you know, too much at a certain point, you just push, push, push. There's nothing left to do on the downside market exhausts itself and then you get that relief rally. And I think that's what we're about to see here in Coinbase as well. I think to your point, the risk reward sets up, well, I can't speak to options file, but I think an interesting way to probably play it would be probably vis-a-vis -vis call spread or something like that. Yeah. And, and again, why are we focused on this name? It just really is an important name, just like Tesla from a sentiment standpoint. If you were to see this thing go precipitously lower, you know, that might indicate that we're going to see other pockets in the stock market um, do the same that might have exposure to crypto. There's plenty of banks that do. There's plenty of VC funds that have exposure that, that have not marked down positions and things that are non-crypto related. Last one, if they could throw up the Robin Hood chart here, guy, because what's interesting, both Robinhood and Coinbase have similar enterprise values right now. They both have big cash balances. They both have um, a bit of debt. But Robinhood's crypto exposure has been going down dramatically as the, the Bitcoin and the coins have been going down. Curious here, because we spent some time on Market Call a few months ago talking about this one. It's come off pretty hard here. And I have a good friend who's really good on the short side in fintechs. And he was short Coinbase, still short Coinbase. He's no longer short Hood doesn't think it's a short anymore. Is this one interesting to you? Well, I mean, you had this one nailed a couple of weeks ago before all this news came out. Remember, Robinhood had a decent move, probably had a 30% yeah. move. 
And we talked about it with Tom Sosnoff as well. This is one of his bigger positions. And he would, everybody was looking like a genius. And then obviously this news hit. But again, this is one of those things that any incremental good news, and you can get yourself a 25 to 30% rally. Again, doesn't mean the things are fixed at Robinhood, but you can get those bounces along the way. So I think this is an interesting trade as well. You're going to get some sort of on-the-margin decent news incrementally about some of these names. Again, it doesn't mean everything's been fixed. It doesn't mean there's still not problems in the crypto world, but that's what you're playing for at this point. Um, Exhaustion to the downside and a short-covering rally to the upside. All right. Um, Well, we did it. We covered a bunch of names that we thought were important. Let's bring in the big big guns. Nothing slick, just charts. Carter Braxton Worth of worth charting here carter any thoughts anything stick out to you from that commentary we just want to hit some individual situations that we think are kind of important relative to the broader picture sure i mean obviously what's been going on that's the most pronounced in terms of how to fit the pieces of the puzzle together you have all of these bottoming out formations bearish to bullish reversals in restaurants and consumer names whether it's gap and urban outfitters and macy's and then you have these steep really violent ricochets in industrial names all of which have been going on for five to seven weeks and it's action in those things that have allowed the s b not to get worse because you haven't had participation from the big heavies, uh, Apple and Google, they've basically been sideways and churning. The question is, um, what is the message? Because when you get um, movement in industrials, one could say, how could you possibly be setting up for a recession when industrials act that well? Or how can you have um, consumer-sensitive names such as restaurants and retailers, which are typically leading uh, bottoming out if the market and the economy is in trouble. And that's the conundrum, um, because I, I myself remain in the camp that I don't think we are going to escape uh, a recession. And yet there are signs and many things that would suggest that the market is saying, yes, we are going to escape. One thing we do know is that the VIX at this point has been in such a freefall. Mm-hmm. My hunch is to play for a bounce in the VIX, which by definition would be a fade in the, in the market. I pay attention to what you say. It's the cheapest thing you can do, Dan and Carter. And I'll say this. One of the things you've mentioned for a while now is the fact that you thought yields would go lower. That's happening right before our very eyes. You thought the dollar would probably go lower. That happened as well. Uh, And you also thought that equities would bounce on that in the very short term, which is what we're seeing now, until the market figures out that none of this is bullish, and then it carries over to the downside. So all these things are coming into place. To your point about the VIX at 21.5, that, to me, lines up with a perfect scenario into Thanksgiving where this market's going to exhaust itself to the upside. And I know you brought some charts. And then we have the next leg lower. Am I looking at it correctly? Yeah. I mean, what's so remarkable about the VIX, and you see it there, is how symmetrical it is. That sort of little double top. You know, you one could say it's a perfect uh, head and shoulders. But what we are is we're back. And that's the sequence in the market. So that low in the VIX, that's the August high, right? Uh, And then so forth and so on. So we filled the only unfilled gap. And now here we sit. It seems extreme to me to the downside at this point. Everyone is basically locked in the notion that you have to get a Christmas rally. You can see the stock trader almanac type stuff. The week of Thanksgiving, you typically are up two out of three times. And and all that's good. But none of that is a, that's not a, 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 it's not a thesis. It's not a philosophy. It's not a, it's not a new thought. It's just, uh, maybe, okay, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, so Carter, talk to us a little bit. You know, you don't hear me quoting the Dow Jones Industrial Average um, too frequently, but you know, I saw that you know it's down less than ten percent on the year. It's down about six percent. The equal weighted Dow Jones is down, I think, like two percent or something mm-hmm. like that. And so, give us the significance. This is a, an index of thirty stocks. It's price weighted, so it's not market cap weighted here. Why are we looking at the Dow today? And you know, just generally, I know other than being a love letter to Guy Adami, who Who's just mm. you know? I mean, he came into the business. I started well. Char- I mean, with, with that Charles with Dow. That Chuck Dow guy. We we yeah. came. You know, I don't get credit. I don't get nearly enough credit. Anyway, sorry. No, no. <laughs> but, but why are we looking at the Dow today? Well, so what? What if you look at the performance of the Dow, which is strange. First of all, that it is only thirty stocks and it is price weighted. United Healthcare is like 11, uh, 12 percent versus only you know maybe one percent mm-hmm. in the S and P, for instance. Um, uh, Goldman is a much bigger weight in the Dow than it is in the uh, triple the weight than it is in the S&P. But the ratio chart, that's not what this is, but the ratio chart, and there it is there, the performance of the Dow relative to the S&P, that line, and then put in relation to 150-day moving average on the ratio is basically as stretched as it's ever been. And this is one duration. Look at the next chart and maybe the next, you go back even further. And so we're just looking at the, the line. This is what's basically kept the S&P from collapsing, right? So this is Dow and it's Goldman Sachs and it's and it's United Healthcare, heavy sort of sleepy names, defensive names, value names, whatever terminology one chooses. But at this point, I'd actually rather pair them up the other way and be short the Dow mm-hmm. and long uh, the S&P, just based on the fact that this has gone so far so fast too much relative to its its other big index all right but hold on one second here again because guy told a great story i think it was a market call we we were uh you had what was it lloyd blankfein then ceo well he was running jay aaron when you were yeah, he was Sachs talking and he was talking to eric mindich so eric mindich at the time was the youngest partner ever in the history of goldman sachs and lloyd strolled over to the equities division, he was chatting with Eric. I just happened to be in the area and listening to this. And Lloyd asked Eric, you know, what do you have on? And Eric basically told him, we're long this, short that, pair trade of this, you know, against this. And he went on for about 15 minutes. And Lloyd says, and this is a true story. Dan can actually verify this because he saw Lloyd recently. Lloyd says to him, and I won't use the vernacular, but Lloyd says to Eric, how do you know what you're rooting for? And the simplicity of that struck me. And I'm like, yeah. you know something, Lloyd, GD, right about that. What the, f- well, you know what you're rooting for here well, anyway, well, please. Yeah, no, And I, and I saw him a couple of weeks ago, uh, Carter, he's obviously a big fan of your chart work. And, and of course still of Guy Adami. And I, I asked him, you know, about that story. He's like, yeah, that, that I used to ask our, our traders that all the time. Now here's the point. You are a technician and you do lots of great work here. And so really, if you were to put that trade on, the point is you want that spread to collapse. You're, you're really not making on a bet of one direction versus the other. Is that correct? Right. When you look at well, that. Yeah, that's right. So it's a couple. How does how does this spread get resolved or mean revert? It can be that the not that the S and P goes up. It's just that those things that have overshot Dupont, GE, Boeing up forty fifty percent, give back, dip, pause, pull back. But it is a very important phrase, and and I think the most pedestrian but easy example of that. What you're reading for, I myself, we all know that when you're long something, you write a call. You're like. 
you know, it's a hundred. You sold the one ten calls. All of a sudden, it's one hundred nine. You're like, oh my god, stop here! So you're rooting for the stock that you're long to yeah. stop going up because it's gotten to one hundred nine. Wait, wait a minute! But you only stop because you don't want to get have it t- called away from you. And so, yeah, it, it it puts the mind in a hell of a spot. Okay? Right. But Sorry, a couple but things before I know we're on a clock. Couple yeah. things. So Jay asked, you know, can somebody please get Guy a Jack the bug, Bulldog mug, which is why I held up my Georgetown mug. So there you go, Jay. Be careful what you wish for. And then we got some. We got somebody else saying he had to say this twice. He didn't think I saw it the first time. The Cowboys are going to have a nice Thanksgiving against the Giants. Okay, maybe that's going to happen. <laughs> Jim Trader. Now I'll say this, Jim, and I mean this sincerely. Unless you're from the state of Texas or Oklahoma, one of those nonsense states, and grew up as a Cowboy fan, if you somehow became a Cowboy fan, you are a fraud, an impostor, okay? Just they're not a freaking America's team. If you're from Dallas, have at it. But if you're from New York and you're rooting for the Cowboys – Get the F out of so, here. So Back guys, to you, Dan. But here's my only question to you is that unless you're from South Bend, Indiana, or the environs right around there, yeah. or a graduate, what about all these ND fans? Uh, you know, I, it's the same type of thing. I don't know what to right. tell you. Okay. I mean, I, all right. I just want to be but clear. There's a great that. ESPN 30 for, th- I don't even know how we got on. You don't have this on your bingo card. That that Catholics versus convicts 30 oh, for man, 30 is, is so freaking good. Anyway, yeah, back good. to you. All right. So real quickly, though, just back to this ratio here. Okay. So let's assume that a large part of our viewers right here, they understand exactly that explanation. But let's say they really want to short one of these major U.S. stock indexes okay so let's look at the s&p throw it up there let's just say that's the one i like to trade whether it be the s&p futures on uh cme or whether it be the spy whether it be options on it i mean i get what you're saying here but down 15 percent on the year after the huge rally the s&p has had can i just lay into this one carter that's what i'm asking we're almost to this 200 day moving average we're probably at your 150 day moving average yes yeah i would lay into it meaning it's Look, any intermediate move, several weeks to several months, right, uh, can last longer to the downside. I mean, how long can Tesla go before it bounces? Or to the upside, how many more times can uh, Lily rally before it fades? I'm giving examples of extreme moves. But sequencing is a part of markets. And when you've moved too far, swung too far in one direction, typically you get some kind of mean aversion. So the issue for equities as an asset class, as measured by the S&P, off the October 13th low, we are now up some 15% plus, and certain stocks are up 50. Yeah. So at this point, is this a place to push, get long? A lot of people say, yes, play the Christmas rally. I think it's the opposite. You fade. All right, hold on for a second. Sorry. So Jim says he's from North Dallas or North Texas. That's great. By the way, North Dallas 40, great movie. Mac Davis playing a quarterback, but Nick Nolte as his wide receiver. Tremendous. I encourage you to watch it. John Matuzak in that movie was just outstanding. Number one. And if we could, Jacob, put up a chart of John Deere. That comes out DE. And I'm going to say this for a reason, Carter. I want you to opine. We've already traded about three times normal volume. As I've been sitting here, the stock has been sort of coming off where at levels we last saw in the spring. I mean, this has made an all-time high today, tested those highs we saw back in the spring, seemingly giving it up on big volume. Is this something you might want to look to fade here? And I, I know I'm sort of teeing you up, but I know you can do this on the fly. Sure. So, so here's the thing. The question is, there has to have been news. Earnings. Of course. 
stocks don't advance or decline in one day like that unless it's news related. And why is it stopping where it's stopping? It's not mm. a PE. It's not a price of sales. Because when you first approach a former well-defined high or low, before really exceeding it, breaking out or breaking down, you contend with it. And the reason is simple as this. There are people from that point who now, just now, have had all of their losses recouped, right? And so if you were to look at a PE chart of John Deere, it's trading at, what, 18 times? But it was trading at 18 times uh, a year ago. It's traded as high as 30 times. It's not a valuation issue. It's all technical. So what is likely to happen is what's happening now. You're backing and filling and then ultimately you can break out. But on a first approach to a high, sell it. All right. And sorry about this. Thank you. Gregory C. says, if you don't offer an educated opinion on the biggest game of the year, year is in caps this Friday, <laughs> then I don't know what guys. I mean, of course, he's talking about England versus the United States. Okay. I'll give you an educated opinion. England's going to kick our ass. It's going to wind up being like 4-1. USA needs to keep it close for goal differential if they want to move on. You tied against Wales. What was Tom Jones singing the national anthem? We suck. So England's going to kick our ass. Back to you, Dan. All right. Listen, Carter, because we're trying to get out here on a holiday afternoon here, a pre-holiday afternoon. Walk us through yield. We're all on the same page. OK, we all think they're going lower. Tell us what the charts are saying to you, because to me, I actually think there's a really good chance that next week we're at three and a half percent. And then maybe we close on the 10 year, the year now near three percent. And and I really think that we've hit the highs of the cycle in the 10 year. And Guy has made a great point about the 210 spread, which really hasn't budged because the two have not budged yet. But at some point, even if rates are going to stay bid, when the Fed is pausing, I think that two year is going to come in pretty sharply too. So thoughts on the 10 year, walk us through the charts, please. Yeah. And this is the thing that's making the equity market go up. But at the same time, ultimately, I think rates are going down because we are, we are headed for a contraction. Here's a chart, no drawings, no lines, no judgments. Let's put some on. Okay. Fairly good sequencing. That 3.5% high, that's the June High in yields, one way to draw the lines, a flat horizontal line, we're likely headed there. Another way to draw the lines, look at the uptrend line. In effect, I mean, and it's all the same level. And I think that's a minimum. Ultimately, I think we go lower uh, than that. And uh, look, but that's that's a heck of a level. And all signs point to 3.5%. And longer term, I mean, if we if we have uh, those, I don't know what charts we have, but here's a, going back even further. Let's put the channel in effect. Take a look at this. I mean, we're, we're likely headed to the, the center point. And here are the arrows. I mean, we, this is the part that, you know, it's funny. People say, you're telling me that the biggest security in the world is traded technically. I'm like, of course it is. What do you, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's all it is. It's just another thing to trade. It, respect, it respects those channels perfectly. We're going to the midpoint. That's three and a quarter. Yeah. All right. So here's a question for you, Guy Dami. And Carter just said that, you know, yields coming like in here have, have have obviously been a little bit of, a, you know, have been a, a support, uh, a tailwind for equities here. My question to you is, can equities go down while yields go down yes. in the 10 year? At the, all right. So, so, so give it to us. Why is that? Yeah, listen, I mean, again, we've talked about this for a while. So this question is not in a vacuum. What we've said all along is yields are probably going lower, which is suggested growth is slowing down, which is spot on. The knee-jerk reaction will be to take equities higher, which we've seen happening over the last three or four weeks. And then people are going to realize, oh, wait a second, 
yields going down is not necessarily a good thing, especially if the back end, excuse me, especially if the front end continues to be bid in the form of two years, which is exactly happening. So yes, equity is going down in that environment. We have an inverted yield curve at the magnitude of 75 basis points, probably headed to a percent. And that's not good. So everything Carter's talked about, you have as well, Dan, is playing out right before our very eyes. Lower yields right now is not necessarily a good thing. And I'm loving the people that say the first time they watch soccer will be the, the next time they watch soccer will be the first time. I'm with you. I would rather stick pins and beep. Yeah. And here well, we are, just for what it's worth. The Dow is now down on the yes. day. Peas lunch. I mean, what do people want? Everyone's on the same side here. Play it long. Play it long. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Play what long? Play what The market, the whole world. The as we sit here, the S&P yeah, just went the, unchanged. The narrative is you always get a Christmas rally. If you don't, the odds are Sarcasm. I just it's, want to be yeah, and the, the, here. The Fed is out of the way, and their earnings are out of the way, and we don't have anything to worry about from the war is just the listen, war. And politics. Listen, Carter, while we were doing this, I was buying more puts. Okay? Yeah, you Excellent. Excellent. So, 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 so again, you know, like safety in our little, our little, uh, what, what are we going to call it? Little thought bubble, bubble here. Yeah. Thought bubble. All right. Listen, we did this thing um, again. I think we're all fading this thing. We all think that actually rates can continue to go lower. The dollar can continue to go lower and equities can give back a bit of what they just gained over the last couple of weeks. That's our play in the year end. No Santa rally here on the market call. Right. Uh, You know something. Oh, sorry. Somebody else. I'm I'm avoiding the comments section because people Santa Claus rally, gobble, gobble. They're just trying to wind me up. You can't do it. I got my coffee. I'm feeling good about things. Market calls coming to an end. Fast money tonight at five o'clock. Carter Worth coming from parts unknown. Although if I'm looking at the sunshine and the picture behind you, that suggests somewhere in the south. My sense is it's in Florida. If not South Beach itself, that's the way you roll on a Thanksgiving. It is, it is. I mean, it's because you're Carter Braxton freaking worth, man. You become, I mean, you are, as I've said a thousand times, you are on the Parthenon of great of great equity chartist yeah. strategists, the whole thing. And I know it's Pantheon. Leave me alone. I'll just uh, say Dan, this. Can I just say before we get out of here, I gotta say this. You know, Carter, you leaving um, the sell side, if you will, okay, is left. I, I heard some goofiness about the II and the charting thing. It just made no sense. It could only mean because the king has left the building and turned the lights on the well, way. Well, that's out. what, once you're not a part of a, a big broker dealer, you cannot be ranked. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed that for decades. You know, so that's bullshit. I rank your ass on top. I don't care what <laughs> I, AI ice. I mean, it's do people even read that shit anymore? Not you're anymore. the top of you're top of the charts. No he pun said, intended. Turn the lights out on the way out. And, and no emo- no emojis with hearts, just charts. And I'm that's telling that's you, it. that's it in 23. I want to yeah. thank everybody. Honest, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. Too, Thanks man. for all your comments. Thanks for being here. Dan, love you. Carter, love you as well. Amanda, Jacob, Steve, and Nick, everybody at the Risk Reversal team. Happy Thanksgiving. But that's it for Market Call. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. You won't see us. Friday is Friday. You won't see us. Monday, you will. I want to thank Backset. I want to thank the aforementioned Carter Braxton Worth. And I want to thank all of you. Have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.